This hour of Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Now back to Spears and Ali on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4 ESPN Tucson. You're listening to Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson, presented by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. The heating to your yang for mortgages, like the number six and nine, which is a jersey Mr. Volpe wears and will wear for the remainder of the tournament. Speaking of... that's not, speaking of, that's a weird transition. Yeah. Uh, speaking of 69, go ahead, Justin. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. all years. Yeah. Uh, jerseys, though. Yeah. Um, I think it's really cool that Arizona, in postseason play, will wear the retro 97 jerseys. I agree. They wore them in Vegas. They're going to wear them during the NCAA tournament. We the all know ones. that. The white o- ones, too? Only the blue ones. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, the white ones, the home team wears them, so... They're going to be wearing the white ones, I feel like, for if they go far the first Look, three rounds. If Arizona has to, when, when, if Arizona dons those 97 blue jerseys at any point during the NCAA tournament, buddy, this town's going to be very excited because it's going to be really far in the tournament. Oh, yeah. Because they would be the yeah. higher seed, or no, it's going to be the lower seed. It's Elite Eight. They're playing Alabama. Yeah. That's, that's the only time, that's the first time they can that's wear their incredible. blue uniforms. That's incredible. And Brian Bigger, man. That guy does a great job. You're equipment manager of the year. Emoy. Emoy. He's awesome, man. I gave him a little shout out, a little pounding of the heart during the game. Yeah. That guy, that guy loves, he is loved and he loves that team. Oh, He's yeah. A great character. Well, because uh, Brigger, he goes back to the Sean Miller days. Yeah. And he's been with the team for a long time and he's so energetic. Because, I mean, how many equi- equi- equipment managers do you know? are like chest-bumping guys during games. I mean, a lot of guys are, but Brian Brigger is— Equipment managers? Equipment managers. Like, Brian Brigger is involved yeah. in this Arizona team Not and everything. Not a lot. But, it, you know, it tells you a lot about the culture of that team and, uh, you know, Tommy Lloyd, his his philosophies of playing with— and it's the biggest thing that I saw watching that UCLA-U of A game on Saturday. One team plays with joy, and the other team plays with fear. And, man— I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure Mick Cronin is a great guy in, in normal life. I'm sure he might be, uh, you know, very nice to talk to. And and despite the fact that he shops at the boys' section of, of stores, <laughs> man, he's always yelling at his guys. Like, he's always – Jaime! Jaime! And it, it's loud in that arena, yeah. right? Because whenever Arizona – Thank you, Andrew. Whenever yeah. Arizona fans go up to Vegas, I mean, it's a storm. So it's, it's the Red Sea. And – and Jaime he, Vasquez was getting back into him during that game, too. Well, like, I think he was saying, stop isolating me on Pella Larson because the dude is <laughs> killing me on defense. Speaking Pella of, Larson played some amazing defense Saturday. He did. Pella Larson w- was the unsung hero for Arizona's run to the Pac-12 Tournament Championship game. But I will say this, Ali. He is one lucky SOB that the Pac-12 refs are who they are. Because because it wasn't Jaime Jaquez. Bailey. Amari Bailey put him on one of the nastiest posters I've seen in the college basketball season this year. As a matter of fact, I don't think I've seen a nastier posterizing dunk in the Pac-12 tournament game since Raleigh Alkins on Elijah Stewart in the Pac-12 tournament championship game. But then the, the referee said, no, 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 it's an offensive foul. 
It's a charge. Well, I mean, it did use his Which, left hand to push off. I mean, he did. Yeah, no, he did. Come yeah. on, man. A little you, bit. You look at that. You look at that replay. A little bit. Pella Larson is so damn lucky. Yeah. Pac-12 refs are who they are. But and then Pella Larson on the next. I was going to possession. Say, Go ahead. Kudos to him because yeah. on the very following possession, uh, he he gets the ball on a curl, gets right into the paint, jumps up, tomahawks it. It's pretty cool. Man, that game was a heavyweight fight. I mean, it was just back and forth and. Uh, you know, we haven't talked about this once, but, you know, kudos to Arizona's perseverance and re- resilience. They're down nine in the second half. And, uh, you know, a lot of teams that would have that – that's hard. The, as methodical as UCLA plays basketball, once they get a lead, it, they're like a python. You know, they so, slowly just take away all your air. Arizona fought back and got to even. I think it was 50-50. And, and then it was just haymaker after haymaker back and forth. I gave the uh, analogy of, you know, I said fights, uh, styles make fights, and I said Ollie Frazier. I said Hagler Hearns. Actually reminded me of the, if you, if you know, if you know boxing, you know what I'm talking about, Hagler Hearns, one of the greatest fights of all time. It was like that. It was like that, that second round of Hagler Hearns, just haymaker after haymaker. It was a great basketball game. If you want to call in and talk about Arizona Wildcats basketball or the NCAA tournament, Pac-12 tournament, whatever it is, that you want to talk about, 719-1490 is the phone number, 719-1490. We'd love to hear from you. And Arizona, they were down by nine points, like you said, Ali, and they could have easily packed it up and got ready for the NCAA tournament because what does Arizona have to fight for? I mean, the, I felt like regardless of the outcome. For the right to party? The <laughs> the number two seed was was locked up. If they won or lost against UCLA, they were going to be the number two seed regardless. There was a lot more on the line for UCLA. If they won that game, in my opinion, they'd be the number one seed right now. In the West. Or, or they'd be, yeah, they'd be the number one seed in the West. Uh, but Who they, is Kansas, right? It is. In the West? Yes. Uh, they gave Houston the number one seed in the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, and Houston, by the way, uh, with Sasser and his groin injury, that's something to monitor there. It is. Because uh, he's probably one of, if not – Houston's best player, um, him not being available could be detrimental to them. But, how about Penny Hardaway, the coach but, of Memphis, just basically coming out and saying, no one knows how to beat Houston better than but I us. know how to beat Houston. Yeah. And, you know, he's right. Memphis always gives Houston a hard time. Yeah. Houston, though, I was high on them. Marcus Sasser, that, that's a big injury. But going back to, to Arizona, they were down by nine points and they rallied back. And they won the game, and they held off UCLA. And if you look at the the last two Pac-12 tournament championships, Arizona, kind of a similar situation. UCLA had these guys on the ropes. At UCLA, they were up by 12 points last year. UCLA fought back. They were shorthanded. Remember, Kirk Creasa was dealing with the injury. Justin Kyer got into foul trouble. It was a really tough situation for Arizona. And... It they didn't weren't really dealing with significant injuries, right? Kirk Reese was still available, even though he was dealing with his uh, shoulder injury. Umar Balo dealing with you know his left hand injury, uh, but they still found a way to get out there in battle. But the the adversity that Arizona faced this time around against UCLA was shooting. I mean, guard play, defense was solid, right? Courtney Ramey. Pella Larson, these guys do a fantastic job defending. But the shooting numbers against UCLA were gross. Both teams shot 37%. It was a game akin to 
the game down here in Tucson. Yeah. The, when Arizona won 58 to 52. You kind of called that too. You said it might be another grind out game. But we're not mentioning one other thing, Justin, that we what? should is that, you know, Umar Balo and uh, Azulis Tabellas both had two fouls in the first half. They sat down. And then you had Kirk Creason in foul trouble, eventually fouled out. I mean, you had Adama Ball and Henry Vaser playing the first half. So when you talk about adversity this team played and still was able to come out with the victory. It's more significant than we're even like giving it credit for. Yeah, I, when I saw Adama Ball get into the game, I'm like, all right, showtime, baby. Here yeah. we go. Yeah, he's gonna make four three pointers this time yeah. around. You got to rebound and carry Arizona. Right. Um, but yeah, Tommy Lloyd said, don't expect the rotation to expand past the seven guys during the NCAA tournament. I mean, situations happen. Things are as Tommy Lloyd says, game to game, paycheck to paycheck, long neck to long neck. Um, but he Tommy's all in on these seven guys. Uh, Kyla Boswell coming off the bench, uh, Pella Larson being such a just a solid player for Arizona. I mean, defensively he's gotten better, but the I, I think Pella Larson just does so many things well. Having a guy like that coming off your your, your bench is huge. Um, but yeah, the the seven man rotation that's what Tommy Lloyd is going to stick with. But I think that go, going back to the, the Pac-12 tournament championship game. Like I said, the the adversity that this team was facing against a really tough UCLA team, for them to overcome that, I think says a lot about this team's fight. Uh, but you know, you know, a ton of credit to UCLA, and you know, th- to me, this was a, a humbling loss for them because they got to figure out how to play without some of their bigs because uh, a, a Dembona injured his. With shoulder yeah. going into the Pac-12 tournament championship game, he's the Pac-12 freshman of the year, and rightfully so. Him not being available was big time for Arizona. And then Mac Etienne fouling out, uh, Kenneth Nuwuba, their other big man, he fouled out too. The second you saw those two guys foul out, and then uh, Jalen Clark, a forward, fouling out, like their front oh, he court, was injured uh, too, right? Uh, or not Clark. fouling out, he was hurt. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Uh, he is out for the year with so the, that's like with Achilles. The, the top four big guys they have by the end of the game we're for done. whatever reason we're not playing Jaime was playing the five yeah and and Arizona to their credit you know started pounding the ball inside a little yeah. bit uh man Tubelis's three looks I mean he's got a weird spit on his ball but it just looks like it wants to go in and <clears throat> you know Tubelis uh shoots that three at the end of the game who gets the rebound it gets it back out to Courtney Ramey. Well, it was first. It was Umar Balo, I think, with his injured hand, yeah. like kind of like hockey passed it to Tabellus, and then Tabellus then kicks it over to Courtney Ramey. Just awesome, man. Just those awesome. are the kind of plays that when you those are winning NCAA tournament games. Exactly, those are winning plays right there. And uh, you know, I I don't I I'm all waiting with Tommy Lloyd in the seven man rotation because it works. And if adversity comes and you got to make a you got, you got to bring a guy in. Look, we did it in the Pac-12 Tournament Championship game. Adama Ball came in, gave us some good minutes. Henry Vesar gave us some good minutes. Man, he his layup, the ball just didn't want to go in. He he, he had a good move down low that uh, you know should have gotten two points. So these guys got a little experience now in big games, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what Arizona can do in the NCAA Tournament. Arizona also knows how to win in multiple ways. Uh, and I think that the, the Pac-12 Tournament, which, by the way, kind of uh, didn't really address this at all during the show. How about that revenge tour for Arizona? Right. First game, you beat Stanford. They beat you in Palo Alto, which I learned uh, AP style, by the way. They don't go by Palo Alto anymore. 
when you play Stanford in their place, it's just Stanford, California. Is that right? Yeah, it's weird. It, it'll always be Palo Alto. Just like Chase Field will always be Bank One Ballpark. But anyways. It's um the most Palo Alto thing I've ever heard. Right? Like, we don't go by Palo Alto. We're Stanford now, okay? Stanford. But Arizona beating Stanford after, you know, losing on the road there. ASU, we all know how that game in Tucson went. The Wildcats beating the Sun Devils. And then beating UCLA, it was the ultimate revenge tour for the Arizona Wildcats. And they know how to avenge games. But I think that Arizona, one thing that bodes well for them is how they're able to win games. And last year, they put up a bunch of points, and that was their M.O. That's just how they won games. They just clobber teams. This year's team, we all they've had some bad losses this year. We've seen them kind of play down to their opponent's level, but as you've said over and over again, when the lights are on, Ali, this team absolutely thrives. But the the way that they win games is impressive to me because, and I think it's a microcosm, really how their season has gone so far this season. In that first game against Stanford, they put up 95 points. That's the third most by an Arizona team in the Pac-12 tournament. And they also shot 64% from the field. Then you turn around two days later, you beat UCLA by scoring, uh, was it 61 points? Yeah. 61 points. Think about it. First game, you score 95 points on 64% shooting, you win. Two days later, you score 61 points on 37% shooting, and yet you still find a way to win. So, as Tommy Lloyd said after the game, this team is built to win in multiple styles. And not only are they winning in multiple styles, but they're doing it against teams that can win a national championship. Beating UCLA and how they did it, whatever is in front of Arizona, whatever style of game it is, I like Arizona's chances. If they can stay healthy, if Azulus Tubelis and Umar Balo, if those two guys can you know, play off each other, Courtney Ramey and Kirk Creasa, if their shooting numbers are bad, whatever, but if they're playing good defense, it kind of benefits that, right? It's it's uh you know, it's I wouldn't say give and take, but you're you're gonna allow the defense to overcome the poor shooting. Yeah. Defense travels, right? Yeah. So, you know, you might have off shooting nights, but if you can play good defense, you're gonna be in every game. And so to your point, I think that if Arizona can play its game offensively, use those bigs inside, inside to outside, inside to outside, and then play that bring that defense with them. When the lights are bright and they got a chip on their shoulder, this team is incredibly hard to beat. And we talked about it last week. They had a chip on their shoulder against Stanford. They had a chip on their shoulder with ASU. The lights got brighter and brighter as they went through the tournament. And they weren't ever brighter than that championship game against UCLA. They played their best basketball. This team, if it could beat, <clears throat> if it can get past a Princeton and a Missouri-Utah State winner in that first round of Sacramento... The lights are going to get really bright in the Sweet 16. And if they play a team like Baylor, everybody's going to bring up Houston. And can you guys play against physical teams? And that's going to add that chip on their shoulder. If, To me, the if they can get past Sacramento, this team can win a national championship because the, the stage is going to be bigger as they pass through the second round. And, and like I said, they play their best basketball in those circumstances. Uh, Shout-out to Azuz Tabellas, by the way, for earning uh, Pac-12 Tournament Most Outstanding Player Honors. Other other guys to do that, Ali, 
Benedict Matherin, DeAndre Ayton, Alonzo Trier, Brandon Ashley, Salim Stoudemire, Luke Walton, Judd Bushler slash Matt Mielbach, and Sean Elliott. So uh, elite company right there for Azulus. They Dallas. gave uh, Judd Bushler and Matt Mielbach. They split it 50-50? They did. Huh. I take Matt. I take him, Matt. <laughs> Same. Yeah. <laughs> Is that because he's a lawyer? No, because I like his. Okay. No. <laughs> Despite the fact that he's a lawyer, I take Matt. Uh, also, uh, Tommy Lloyd grabbing the microphone in Las Vegas and ending his speech by yelling BTFD. I know. I'm not going to tell you what it means. Real ones, no. Yeah, Siri. Siri's like, I don't know what that means either. My watch literally is BTFD, I mean, huh? What is that? I, I am not allowed to respond to those kinds of comments. Tommy had a BTFD shirt in the yeah. post-game press conference. He Well, there was a chant on the podium, right? Because you, you were on the floor with me, right? There was a chant at the podium, and, and then <clears throat> um, Tommy Lloyd's funny, right? He goes to the press conference, and he looks. He's like, ah, oh, let me look at the stats because uh, I haven't seen these yet. Yep, we won. <laughs> yeah, like he, he put on the glasses and everything. Because yeah. that's what Tommy Lloyd does. He always walks into a press conference room and looks at the box score. And he walks in. He's like, all right, let me put on my glasses here. Let me. I haven't checked out the stats yet. Well, we won. Yeah. So I can't wait to make fun of him with right. his glasses, by the way. All right, guys, fire away. This is like, uh, I'm pretty sure one of the Golden Girls wears those glasses. <laughs> I want to know which one. Did he Did he get it from Gloria or, you know, Gail? <laughs> Uh, Arizona, they move on to the NCAA tournament. They secure the number two seed in the South region. They'll face Princeton. Uh, we'll talk about that game. Also, some other NCAA tournament takeaways. North Carolina making history by not going to the NCAA tournament. They are the first preseason number one to not make the tournament since 1985. Not a bad, not a good year for the, the North Carolina Tar Heels. No. And they were on college game day twice this year. Yeah. Come on, ESPN. Well, do better. I wonder who's, who's got that contract. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. ACC. Yeah. All right, P.J. Brown from the Arizona Daily Star calls in to talk about the Juve women's basketball team as they get ready for the NCAA tournament. Stay tuned. More Spears and Ali coming up next. Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson. So the Arizona men's basketball team, they get ready for the South region as the number two seed. They'll face Princeton in the first round this this week. But the Arizona women's basketball team, they're also getting ready for the NCAA tournament. Selection Sunday was yesterday. They had a, a watch party themselves. And very interesting first-round matchup for the Arizona Wildcats. They earned the number seven seed in the Greenville Regional. Very tough bracket for them. South Carolina is the number one seed in that region. And it's just a very stout bracket. But let's see how the Arizona Wildcats match up with the other teams with our good friend P.J. Brown, my colleague at the Arizona Daily Star. P.J., great to hear from you. Arizona getting the number seven seed. They face West Virginia in the first round, which is pretty interesting because uh, that's the team that Esmeri Martinez transferred from. So I think the, the committee got this right by putting these two teams together. What say you? What do you make of Arizona's first-round matchup? <laughs> Hi, guys. Um, I think it's a good matchup. Uh, There's a lot of interesting storylines here. Not only as Murray Martinez, who transferred from West Virginia to Arizona, but also special assistant to Adia Barnes, 
that Shelby was an assistant coach there last year. So on Mike Carey's staff before he retired. So uh, a lot of interesting storylines there. Um, so it should be a fun one. I do think that this is a, you know, when I talked to Adia Barnes last night, she said that while they were surprised that they ended up there because nobody had been talking about them going to the this Maryland site, but it was a good field for them. It was, I think there's going to be some good matchups there. Um, I think West Virginia is a good team, um, but I don't know if they have the athleticism that Arizona has. So it, as we delve deeper into who West Virginia is, we'll be able to find out a little bit more about them. Um, but it seems on the surface that it, it's going to be a lot of the athleticism. Also, um a lot of those teams might not play as much defense as Arizona does. So um, that is another thing that could help Arizona. You know, PJ, uh, with Arizona losing to UCLA and uh, you know, early on in the Pac-12 tournament, does Coach Barnes feel like this has been a good reset for them, being off for a little bit of time before the tournament gets going next week? Oh, absolutely. You know, she she keeps saying that when and I keep saying when you look back at all these postseasons that um, she's gone to since she's been head coach in the last seven years, there's been four of them. WNIT, then there was the COVID year that shut everything down in the last two years, the NCAA tournament. For each one of those, they didn't finish the season well at all. And so this extra week, and they also went home early um, in a couple of cases from the Pac-12 tournament. So they had even a few more days. Um, but this week or so of practice has always been a really good reset week. It's always been the week where she gives them, you know, the few days off so that they can just rest any nagging injuries that are typical for a long season. I'm not talking about major injuries because as far as we know, nobody has a major injury at this point. But everybody's got something that hurts, right? I mean, when you're an athlete and when you play a full season, something is going to hurt. Um, so they get a chance to just do that and just get ready to just focus on basketball all week. Jade Lavelle told us last week that um, – she was just hooping this week, right? That she didn't have to think about anything. There's no school. They were on spring break, so there's no homework. There were no games to get ready, so they didn't have scout-specific things to learn. And they could just focus on themselves and try to get better every day. And there were certain things that they were focusing on. Obviously, their defense, a little bit more on their offense, on getting back to sharing the ball and looking for that better shot and sort of following the offensive system a little bit more. So certain things as well as communicating. So they started, you know, really talking to themselves on the court about where everything should be. And then, you know, if a drill got stopped, they were helping each other to figure out, like, no, you're supposed to be over there. This is what you're supposed to be doing. So it wasn't just the coaches telling them that. It was their own teammates, and that goes a really long way. 
So it was a time for them to do that, a time for them to come together because pretty much they're the only ones on campus this week. Um, they also did something fun on Thursday. They went to, I think it's called the main event, and they went and, you know, did played arcade games together and did something just as a team. So there were a lot of little things like that going on this week. And then, of course, yesterday their selection show party was – um, just for the team. And Adia Barnes did that on purpose because um, that team needed that. They needed just to be with themselves at that point uh, to build their chemistry and not feel like they had pressure, pressure to do anything. So they're just having fun right now. This is the fun part of the year. And um, I think this week has been very successful. When I was around them, um, I was at their selection party yesterday. I was uh, the only reporter there. It was basically all staff in the team there, and they seemed very loose, and they seemed very happy, and like they were having a good time. And even I talked to a few of them, and they were all in good spirits, and, and they were ready for this time of year. So they did all that alone, and now they know exactly who they're playing they were excited then to get the scout and get specific this week about what they're going to do against West Virginia. So I really think it was a good week for them. You know, PJ, you, you mentioned that uh, everybody this time of year has something that hurts. And me and Spears can empathize uh, getting in late last night from Las Vegas after a week in uh, Sin City. But uh <laughs> You know, to me, obviously, this, this team, it would have been awesome if we had our first round at McHale Center. But my reflection of the 22-23 Arizona women's basketball team is they're a resilient bunch, and they played their best when their backs are up against the wall. Is it maybe the best thing that could possibly happen to this team to have to go out to Maryland and play the first round? I think so. Um you know, it's easy to stay at home. If they stayed at home like they did last year, they would have stayed in a hotel together. But you're still in Tucson. I think the fact that they know that, okay, so we didn't do whatever we had to do at the end of the year to secure that that spot. But now we're going to be together as a team, and we're going to be away from home. And we have to prove that, we're better than this. They also slipped to a seven seed, and they're also they also weren't too happy, you know, about that. They all think that they were better than that. And when I think when this team feels like, you know, we we were wronged or we have to prove something or something like that, they really get together and they decide that they're going to go out and play hard. Um, it's sort of like. You know, it's a lot of things. You know, some of the leaders on this team were part of this build to put Arizona back on the map. And that that was always their goal. So I think that when something like this happens, I think that that little chip comes back on their shoulder and they're like, we still have to prove to the world that we're better or that we belong here or something like that. And that means going out on the court and playing really hard and leaving it all there. Also, you have a lot of senior leaders who this is their last go around. I mean, Kate Reese, Shana Pellington, uh, Jade Lavelle, 
um, who's only played in one other NCAA tournament. We don't know about Esmeri yet, and we don't know about Helena. But they probably know pretty much where they stand, and they know that this is their last go-around. That's a really that can be a really valuable motivator to get a team to really go hard. The other factor I think is as soon as it was announced, I talked to Shana Pellington last night and she told me she was really excited because her parents and a lot of her family get to come because she's from Toronto and they're just going to drive down and it's like an eight or 10 hour drive. And we all know Shana Pellington plays really well when her parents are in the stands. So I think we should expect a really good game from Shana. She's ready. She's ready to go out there and really ready to show what Arizona basketball is all about. P.J. Brown from the Arizona Daily Star talking the latest with the U of A women's basketball team. Make sure you follow her work on the Arizona Wildcats on Tucson.com and the Wildcaster app. P.J., it's the busiest time of year. Hope you're doing well. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Hope you're hanging in there. Oh, yeah. We're trying. Yeah. We're trying. Got We got all the coffee pot is brewing. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Working overtime. That's for sure. Thanks, PJ. Sure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Arizona versus West Virginia, number seven versus number 10 matchup. Very excited about that. Bold prediction for this year's women's tournament. I mean, she's already a big name, but Caitlin Clark at Iowa is going to take the country by storm. Look out for her. She is really good. All right, coming up next on Spears and Dolly. Hey, if you want to join the show, 719-1490 is that phone number, 719-1490. What are you looking forward to most when you watch the NCAA tournament this year? 719-1490 is that phone number. We're talking March Madness right here on ESPN Tucson. Have you ever signed for someone who wasn't you? I have. I was uh, after a game at Coors Field, and a little kid came up and said, can I have your autograph? And I said, sure, son. Who do you think I am? I was like, who, do you, who are you? You're Andres Galarraga. And I signed his paper, Andres Galarraga. <laughs> no way. <laughs> well, speaking of the biggest balls of them all, you're back listening to Spears and Ali. And <laughs> that game on Saturday... I'm going to need detox from Vegas and from that game. I was sweating buckets with how UCLA and U of A were going at each other in the Pac-12 championship game. And I need a relaxant, something to make me feel good and ease me back in as the tournament is going to start t- Tuesday with the playing games. Mm-hmm. Any, any suggestions, fellas? I know a guy. Uh, might I suggest Valium? No, I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather not take uh, pharmaceuticals. Any other suggestions? Oh, okay. Uh, maybe FanDuel, Ali. All right. <laughs> Tell me more. Because this March, you can take a shot at college hoops with a no-sweat bet on FanDuel Sportsbook. Doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you already have an account. Right now, all customers can tip off the tourney with a no-sweat bet. Sign in with your FanDuel Sportsbook account to claim yours today. Or if you're new, go to FanDuel.com slash KFFN to get in on all the action. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point spread to so that 5-12 seed matchup you've been eyeing. Uh, calling a few uh, opening round upsets right now. I like Boise State over Northwestern. Nope. Yes, Andrew. <laughs> Drake yes, over Andrew. Miami. I like and that one. It's not uh, It's not really that much. It's a 9 over 8, but I think the uh, North Atlantic Owls take down Memphis. Oh, yeah. You, you've seen, we'll a, see. seen a lot of North Atlantic basketball this I year, have, have you? I have North Atlantic or Florida Atlantic? 
Well, the owls are F-A-U. Florida Atlantic. Florida, 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 my yeah. bad. Well, if he calls the school the wrong name, probably don't bet on that. But I love your Drake over Miami. <laughs> yeah. I love that one. Do that all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. There's no better place to bet the tournament than FanDuel Sportsbook. Go to FanDuel.com slash KFFN to join now or sign into your FanDuel Sportsbook account and claim your no-sweat bet today. Make every moment more this tournament with FanDuel. 21 plus and President in Arizona. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that ex- expire seven days after receipt. Max bonus bet of $5 unless otherwise specified restrictions apply. See t- full terms at FanDuel.com slash Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT-STEP to 53342. Boise. That's the one right there. You like that one, huh? I like that. I'm telling you, man, if I had to spend another couple of days in Vegas, it would have been like th- I'd have to spend a, like three weeks at Trembling Hills, right? <laughs> Trembling Hills. <laughs> it's like hooked up to IVs. Blood, um, blood transfusions. So, <laughs> takeaways uh, from NCAA tournament selection show. Uh, the, the the matchups, especially with the South region, because Arizona, it, it's like the Maui Invitational all over again. You got Creighton and San Diego State in the field. Uh, Arizona obviously won both of those games. And in, it just the South region in general, Arizona's 3-0 against these teams. 12-2 and against NCAA tournament teams, period. So I like Arizona a lot. But outside of Arizona, Ali, anything that – Grabbed your attention when you looked at the brackets. Yeah, I mean, I, I again think that the Big Ten is completely overrated, and I'm going to be betting heavily against Big Ten teams throughout the tournament, which I don't think is going to last very long, maybe a couple of rounds. Um, and I think the Pac-12 is going to do fairly decent. I mean, USC always kind of lets us down, right? They're, like, more talented who, than who they're playing. but Yeah, Michigan State, though. Yeah, exactly. That's Michigan, tough. That's tough. East Izzo. region, too. I to the Izzo. And – but ASU, ASU is hard to, to to prepare for because, I mean, I don't think they have any semblance of offense at all. I think it's like basically backyard basketball. It's uh, free reign. Total free reign. So if ASU hits their outside shots, they're going to be tough, uh, at least the first round or second round. Uh, I see U, U of A, UCLA doing both mm-hmm. pretty well. And I've said that leading up into the, the game on Friday, and it sounds like like Captain Obvious when you say – Man, if ASU can hit those shots, man, they're they're going to win these games. But that's pretty much how it is. If the shots are falling, ASU is a really good team, yeah. and they're very tough out. Um, if they are not, live by the three, die, die by, by the three. three and team, and right? you saw that in the Pac-12 tournament. Exactly. USC that first game, come out shooting lights out. Desmond Cambridge was fantastic, and then you turn around against Arizona, and the shots weren't falling. Arizona was able to use their front court and just completely outclass the Sun Devils. But I'm just happy that ASU got in. I was really nervous that the committee was going to find a way to add another Big Ten team or another team on the East Coast that has no business being in the, in the NCAA tournament. But they didn't do that. They put ASU in. I'm very happy. I'm happy for you that you're happy that ASU's in. <laughs> More so happy for Bobby Hurley. I'm happy for you I, I, that you're happy for Bobby Hurley. Because – in my personal opinion, I think Bobby Hurley should have got a lot more love for Pac-12 Coach of the Year, mm-hmm. considering ASU's expectations, but that's just me. Agree to disagree. Ta- I get the case for Tommy Lloyd, too. Yeah, come on, man. I get it. All right, if you want to call into the show, 719-1490 is that phone number, 719-1490. Looks like we got our good buddy Mark calling in. Mark, I know, is streaming us, getting Spears and Ali in HD. What's going on, Mark? Well, I just enjoyed uh, 
Well, I enjoyed two of the games this last weekend with the Cats. That was awesome that they they just got beat by all three of these teams and then to come back out and, and beat them all. They're, they're ready for the tournament, gentlemen. I think so. Well, yeah, we'll see. Um, of course, Umar Balo's hand injury is a little bit concerning to me, but but all things considered, he still played through it, right? He still he injured the hand, but he still found a way to manage his way through the game. And also, Arizona, they're going to have a, a few days of rest, right? And so I think the next couple of days, getting Umar Balo the proper treatment, getting him right, um, it'll it'll be good for Arizona. But I think for for the Wildcats' sake. I think it's really refreshing that Azulus Tubelis has put together a great last few weeks because a lot of people were concerned considering how he ended the, the year last year against Houston in the NCAA tournament and how he was playing in late February. You thought, oh, my goodness, for some reason, this boogeyman keeps coming back late in the season and taking Azulus Tubelis' talents away. But for him to come out, have an impressive weekend against the L.A. schools on the road, and then get Pac-12 most outstanding player in the tournament this past week in Vegas, that's key right there for the Arizona Wildcats. Azulus Tubelis playing really good basketball is important. You agree, Ollie? Yeah, I mean, we, oh, Mark's not online anymore. No. I was listening to him. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Azulus Tubelis is their best player, and uh, it, if he plays well, Arizona's got a chance, but it, he's got to just play decently well. He doesn't have to have a 40-point game for Arizona to win. I – I just like this team, man. I think it's actually kind of interesting that, you know, they had Christian Coloco, the defensive player of the year last year. They had Ben Matherin, who was when, – when he, when he put his mind to it, was a pretty good defensive player. And Dale and Terry wasn't bad on defense either. And yet I think this team is better defensively this year. Um, and that's some, somewhat of a contradiction, don't you think? What's that? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this, this, this team is better this year defensively? Than last year, <laughs> yeah. Man, the, the twisting of the beard is going at hyperdrive <laughs> right now. No, There's uh, thrust being yeah. generated by it. There, there is, it's creating a wind vortex. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry. My man Justin, guys, listen, you got you to gotta give him an MOP award right now. Uh, most outstanding player of Spears and Ali on this Monday because the guy got in last night at midnight from Vegas. Had to drive from Phoenix because the star didn't think in advance enough to get him a flight from Tucson. And yeah, they were all booked for some reason. A lot of people from Tucson go to Vegas this time of yeah, year. Yeah, so he's he's upset about the f- Tucson's fandom, but for the school, but <laughs> screw you guys for liking your team yeah, so much. Right, no flights out of Tucson. Yeah. But uh, he, uh, yeah, so he's 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 uh, he's going off fumes. But you I'm know, the good news right is, now. is after the show today is the first day of Arizona football spring practice. So Woo! he's he's got this. He'll be well rested for tomorrow. The rest of the week. All I was saying, Justin, is quite an interesting factoid that I think that this team defensively is better than last year in a lot of respects. And yet last year they had the defensive player of the year in Coloco, and they had two fairly good defensive players in Matherin and uh, Dale Terry. Is it quality versus quantity? I don't know. Because last year, Pac-12 defensive player of the year in Coloco. This year you have collectively more dues that can get it done defensively. So Yeah, but they were deeper deeper last year, right? And this yeah. is and all the dudes that they had except for Kylan Boswell. By the way, I got to say the seventeenth thing to somebody who didn't know. <laughs> really? Yeah. So the was UCLA fan? No, oh, the UCLA okay. fan sitting next to me, and they're like, "Man, that freshman Boswell you got is good." I'm like, "Yeah, you know, he's only seventeen. He's only 17? <laughs> I'm like, 
Got it. Got it. <laughs> Tournament made. Yeah. All right. If you want to join the show, 719-1490 is the phone number. 719-1490. Last call coming up next. Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson. Hope everyone has a great day at work to begin the week here on this beautiful Monday morning on ESPN Tucson. ESPN Tucson invites you to the All In for Autism Day, Saturday, April 15th from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. at the Rieto Racetrack. Fun family activities, food trucks, resource fair, school and camp fair, entertainment and prizes. And this is all brought to you by the Autism Society of Southern Arizona. Get all of your tickets and information at ESPNTucson.com. Um, all right, so we I have a proposition. What's that? And it doesn't entail you to dress up like Little Bo Peep. So if we <laughs> oh, man. if we do this Zoom thing, like if we can figure out Zoom, and if there's any day you and I, like on a day today, need to like both come in on the show via Zoom, the next day we bring in a Nico's burrito for Andrew because he's got to be here. Second. So let's get that Zoom thing going because I will buy you so many burritos. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, man. Andrew's going to put on so much weight this year. Andrew's <laughs> rubbing his hands right now. Only fair. Uh, <laughs> all right, so um, just some takeaways from the NCAA tournament bracket. Uh, Arizona's taking on Princeton in the, in the 2-15 matchup. I'm excited about the UConn-Iona game. Danny Hurley, Rick Pitino – I think the Gales could make some noise this year. Uh, ASU Nevada in the playing game, Desmond Cambridge and Warren Washington playing against uh, their former team. I think this bracket is set up perfectly for UCLA as a number two seed because they play in Sacramento, and then the Sweet 16 Elite Eight rounds, that's in Las Vegas. Yeah. So, But Arizona fans aren't going to Vegas to support UCLA. And I was just there, and so were you. Yeah. You think UCLA fans are going to fill that stadium? There was a – Decent contingent of UCLA fans. Decent. There'll probably be more if they make it to the Sweet 16. Yeah. Man, can you imagine if Arizona got Vegas? Oh, my goodness. A Pac-12 tournament championship, I can only imagine what being at the threshold of a Final Four would bring. That's It's insane, man. Um, all right. If you want to call into the show, 719-1490 is that phone number. Uh, let's actually go to the phones right now. Looks like we got Gabriel from California calling in. Uh, Gabriel, we don't have much time. Make it snappy. What do you got for us? Got it. Um, good morning. Uh, so this is what it feels like to call in the morning, Ginger Assassin and the Persian Godfather. Well, anyway, I want uh, to talk about Arizona's impressive uh, revenge wins over um, the Scum Devils, uh, the Stanford Ferns, and the U- UCLA uh, losing Bruins. So I'm pretty happy the way how it turns out. And I just wanted to shout out uh, Tommy Lloyd, the coaching staff, the players, and uh, Jeff Fish, who took the time out of, his, out of his week to go to the Pac-12 tournament. And uh, and let me say this. I like our favorite ginger assassin. I can say bear down, Arizona, go Cats. <laughs> Gabriel, always appreciate your phone calls. You're, Thank you. You're funny in the morning, dude. Yeah, I like it. I like Gabriel uh, in the morning. I like it. Don't worry. You know, Justin, I know he's doing little fist pumps under the, the scores table. You try to be so objective, you're not objective. That's 
you go you're going too far the other way. Oh yeah, I'm an Arizona hater. You're like, oh, I cannot say anything good about Arizona because people are gonna know they're gonna think I'm an Arizona fan and that I'm not objective. Gotta keep. You gotta work on that with football. Gotta keep y'all honest. No, no, don't keep us honest. Just be honest. <laughs> I am honest. You love U of A. Uh, Juices flowing after the game. You were feeling good, and uh, you said something else today where I'm like, yeah, he, you do, you do, you do. It's okay. I'm that's my school. I love them, but I try to be objective when I cover them. Both things can be true. We're gonna work on you. <laughs> Uh, it's always a work in progress. Yeah, it's uh, a uh, lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the Betty Ford Clinic. <laughs> By the way, shout out to Tommy Lloyd, back to back Pac 12 tournament champ. He's 9 0 in Las Vegas as head coach of the Wildcats. Stud. They don't lose in Sin City with Tommy Lloyd. Well, let me look at the stats here. Yep. They won. We won. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Spears at Ali. Arizona softball coach Caitlin Lowe joins the show tomorrow at 825. Bear down, Arizona. Be there, be square.